Welcome to Living the Triggered Life Podcast. My name is Keith Maskell. And I'm Roxanne Maskell. And uh, thank you guys for coming back and listening to us. And um, we were riding over here in the car and we were always preparing for the, for the, for the show and stuff. And uh, we like to be in the moment and talk about, we've made a list of issues and, and, and things. Topics. Topics. Um, but, you know, sometimes things happen and they're irrelevant um, and we want to talk about them. So we're going to talk tonight. We're going to talk about. Wait, what? do you still like my hair? Yeah, I do. Actually, it still looks good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. No, 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 no. Like you did. No, no, no. You did a daggone good job because I know okay. you were worried about when you got that cut yesterday. You I weren't was. sure. I, was. I know folks out there. You know when you get a haircut <laughs> sometimes and it looks great when you when you leave the salon, <laughs> but as soon as you get your trifling butt home, it looks like hell, and the next day it looks like hell, and it looks like hell until you get it done again. That's always me. And so that's why she's asking about that. Um, and just a side note, like, let me just have a shout out. Like, there is wig etiquette. So there's a lot of people out there, a lot of sisters that are wearing wigs. Like, you got to take care of your wig. Like, you can't just throw it on your head and just let it do whatever it's supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to wash it once a week. Like, you can hairspray it. Like, you're supposed to brush it. Like, it, you're supposed to take care of it. You can't let it look as nappy as the hair that you have underneath mm-hmm. it that you didn't want to take mm-hmm. care of. You understand what I'm saying? Wow. So, I'm sorry. I just had to. My mother was a hairdresser. Shout out to Connie. I just had to. I just had, I had to, to say, say that. that. I had to say that because it needs to be some wig etiquette, etiquette. <clears throat> for sure. And also weave etiquette as well. Take care of your weaves. Stop, stop letting it get all nasty and crusty and stuff like that. And you know, we know what it ain't real. Okay, so we today we just need to get on topic. Of course. So today we're gonna talk about um, a little bit about our relationships with our families. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me specifically, <clears throat> I don't know if you plan to talk about this, but of course, we'll see what you say. Um, when I actually told people in my family what happened to me, right? Um, I think it's really important, especially since we just came back from Atlanta right. <clears throat> doing Triggered. Right. And for those people who don't know, Triggered is a one-man show that I've been doing um with one of the the best playwrights and and, and actually screenwriters and writers in the country John John Alawalia um looking it's a basically about two men of color looking back at their lives survivors of abuse talking about family talking about loved ones looking into the future and um you know kind of seeing where they are so, but go on, Rock. Uh, so we, I, I think it's important, especially after that, um, because it's part of the healing journey and the recovery. Right. And I did a, I focused a presentation for black social workers in Atlanta. That's where we were at the NABSW annual conference. Oh, so tip. <clears throat> this was the. It's the National Association of Black Social Workers, 51st Annual Conference. Oh, tip. And Keith performed, triggered, and then I presented a social work um, 
presentation around how to begin or how to begin thinking about treatment for one or both of these black men in the tri- characters in the triggered. Would you would you say um, not just well as a therapist because that's the clinician that's what you are so that from that from that standpoint would you say would you say can you say what I'm just saying you said social worker I'm saying but I, I know did. that you're a, you're a clinician and, and therapist and, and stuff like that so is that exactly the same because I get confused because you always say social worker and I'm like but you're a clinician and you're a therapist and you see people and stuff so like, well I think the therapist and I think the therapist um, description sort of speaks to what your current practice is, like what you're doing clinically. Mm -hmm. Right. I think clinician speaks to, is a little bit more of a broader term. Mm -hmm. And social worker, which is what I'm licensed to do, is even more of a broader term because it involves... um, Case management, all the components of social work. Right, but I mean, so I'm always curious why you don't just, you know, you say that, you know, that you don't say that you're a clinician or you don't say that you're a therapist. I just explained that because it is a more broader term when I say social worker and implies, in addition, other skill skills that I have. Mm-hmm. That I utilize. Yeah, I just think that, like I always say, you know, I always think that people just have a certain image of what what exactly that what exactly that means, um, and not a lot of people associate it with the other two things that you kind of say. So I'm just curious. It's all good. Well, so. people, one people can ask questions. Two, I think that not every social worker does therapy. Right. <clears throat> Right. So let's, but let's be honest. How many times that we're in a conversation and people are like, so what do you do for work, Keith? And I'm like, well, I'm an actor. And people are like, oh my God, you're an actor. So what do you do? Like, have you been in anything or whatever? And you're like, they're like, oh, so Roxanne, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a social worker. And then there's silence. Or like, oh my God, you're such, you're doing God's work. Yeah, but the silence has nothing to do with the terminology that you're, wi- really, that you're wishing to distinguish that's between. Really, that's really tough work. Yeah, that's that's just how people feel about it. I mean, they don't know what to say. <clears throat> they don't know what to say. They get uncomfortable. I'm okay with that. If they want to ask more questions, then I give them more. I give them more answers. Mm-hmm. I am currently doing individual therapy for students at a university. I work in a counseling center at a university in higher ed. Mm-hmm. But that's not all I do. Right. Well, I mean, right. And I think that, right. And like saying specifically everything that you do, probably, you know, it just, it just paints, it just, it just paints. But that doesn't make a difference between if I say therapist or clinician, you think it does. I don't. Okay. It's different between just giving the broad, broad, broad uh, term of social worker. But that's what I'm doing. Okay. Sometimes my individual therapy sessions... There can be considered therapy, but we're also talking about their papers and how they're having a hard time and what's giving them a hard time. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's therapy, but it's right. very on the ground, sort of in the moment, right? Problem solving, right? And not and not all social people. I don't think people know about that session that social workers are licensed and stuff like that too. So I think that has something to do with it. That probably has a lot to do with it. You know what I mean? 
People don't know that social workers can be licensed by the state. Right. Because most of the time, I mean, let's be honest, we've talked about this before, unless it's like a, the social worker um, reality show, nobody really knows what, what y'all really do. Uh, that would be correct. Maybe so. they can learn as they learn about me in this mm-hmm. podcast, right? I guess so. Especially since you're going to keep asking questions about how I identify myself. <laughs> But you do all the time. That's what I do. Oh, I know. That's That's what what you do. do. That's what I do. Oh, I know. I know. I've been there, done it. Okay. So maybe today we should talk about how and when we told our families. Mm -hmm. And then next time we can talk a little bit about the impact on, um, I know my throat's like really scratchy, right? Um. And then next time we can talk about what those relationships have looked like. Right. Either prior to telling them or after. Right. How's that? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's on the money. All right. Do you want me to start? Of course. So my story about when I told my family starts with um, I told my family when I was 16 and... Um, my abuse sort of started somewhere, my best memory is somewhere around 11 years old, all the way to maybe close to 16. <clears throat> and my friends had, my high school friends, sort of um, sort of did some, like an intervention, if you will, for lack of a better word, and we're going to corner me about some comments that I made um, regarding a young man that I was, mm, I don't know, it wasn't dating. It was like just talking to. Right. And they didn't sort of believe some of the things that I was saying. Mm. <clears throat> so they were going to confront me. And they did. And at that point, I just decided to tell them the truth of what's going on. And we had this habit of, We would write letters to each other. This is what we were doing in class most of the time. (laughs) And this became the topic, and there was four of us, including me. And in math class, I remember, um, I would think there was only two of us in math class together out of the four. I remember the teacher, too, Mrs. Riley, very quiet, strong woman, And I believe we were learning algebra. Mm. And she confiscated one of the letters. And the letter letter was sort of, you know, my disclosure. Mm. And um, that scared me so much that I decided to tell my mother. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that's crazy that you're, you know, your friend's. Knew something wasn't right, came to talk to you about it. Y'all were talking about it, chopping it up, and now you all were processing it, and the teacher found it out. Now, did the teacher ever say anything? No. Wow. She gave the note back, the letter. It was a letter. Right. She gave the letter back, but I was sort of like, why? I didn't understand. Like, I I thought for sure that she was going to tell, like, call home and say. Right. Hey, this is what happened, right? Yeah. 
And she didn't. Do you, do you know she read it? I have no idea. I don't think she read it. Yeah, she might have just took it and was like, you know what, I'm not going to invade the privacy. Like, I don't care what it says and stuff like that and just give it back. Well, it was a long letter. It wasn't like a little note, like a right. one-liner. It was a letter. Right. Well, did she give it back after class? Or no. Or was it later? No. Oh, it was, oh, so you had to sweat it out. I had to sweat it out. Oh, your pits were wet. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. Why do we Why do we hold these secrets like right. that? Why are they so, you know? So, from that experience, I decided to tell my mother. But mm-hmm. I told my mother by allowing her to read mm-hmm. one of the letters that mm-hmm. I had written to one of my wow. friends. That's smart, though. Instead of just saying, hey, this is what's going down. Wow. And when she read it, she was like, who, who is this about? Like, what is this? And so I told her it's about me. And she was very shocked and very quiet. I didn't expect that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's how that ball started rolling for me. And I was 16. And I don't know if you remember, but I went to college when I was 17. Right. So that next September, mm-hmm. no, the one year later. Right. So I had, I was home dealing with this situation for almost a whole year. Wow. Wow. And so were things continuing to, to happen during that year or was that? You mean, was I being abused? Yes. No. Mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Done. Ended. Mm. Wow. That's deep, man. Yeah, that's how I told my mother what was happening. Mm. Wow, if that would have happened now, it would probably be a text message. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awful. Can you imagine? (laughs) Give me that phone. (laughs) Oh, boy, that would be awful. Roxanne, give me that phone. That would be awful. Oh, my God. Right, because that's what, I mean, seriously, that's what it would be. It would be a text message going back, y'all having this conversation and things like that. So I'm going to take a phone yeah. and get it back and, and something like that. And then, you know, you'd be like, you know. Yeah. i read the phone. Mm, I guess. Yeah, that's crazy, though. Wow. Yep. El Depot. El Depot, that's still a year later. You know, you had to deal with that situation, the house and everything, and then 17, and then 17, you were out, ghost. Yeah, I was, um, well, let me think about this. I had to be turning 17 that next fall. Mm. So it had to be the end. Yeah, it had to be the end because I was not home for a whole year now that I think about it it was like the end of my 16th year and I was turning 17 I don't know you know this is this is sometimes what happens when people have been traumatized there's like you remember certain things but there's no timeline that's easy to remember right I hate that part yeah it's all I mean it's just it's it's blurry but your body and your mind remember certain things. Right. But 
not like timeline. Right. It's like it's tough sometimes. And the only reason why I knew that it was around 11 years old or Mm -hmm. so is because of what was happening, like other situations. Right. So I had a birthday. Right. And, you know, we were poor. Mm -hmm. So we lived in a one bedroom Mm -hmm. and we had twin beds up against each other and we all slept together. Right. In two twin beds. And I was, I knew it was my birthday. And the big thing was that I was going to sleep alone because I was a big girl. Right. And that's what I do remember. Right. Craziness. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. No question. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe this all happened when I was 16, but I waited. Because I remember we had a lot of conversation about it. And I remember that I was able to go. Yeah, I remember I was able to go. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to go to prom. Mm. But I was able to like hang out with my friends, which was like something that didn't happen often. Right. And to celebrate my graduation. Right. So. But you couldn't go to prom. Like, like, was that like like a punishment? Like. Yeah, I was punished. I was not. I lost my opportunity to go to prom like maybe when I was 15. Oh, yeah. It was like. It was like a. uh, And you're not going to go to senior prom either. It was like, I'm only a sophomore. Right. Like, what do you. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right, over nothing. Over, well. Did you come in late? I had a hickey. Oh. So I went out. I said I was going out with my friend, Lynette, and we went out, and it was a double date, and, of course, I didn't disclose that part. Right. And just got caught with a boy in the staircase outside of my house. Mm, You got caught in in the staircase outside your house? Yeah, stupid me. I should have been on a different floor. No, 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 because the hickey would have been worse. What would have been worse? The hickey. Well, maybe. I don't know. But getting caught with him was worse. Oh, my God. Coming home with a hickey would have been okay, I think. Oh, man. So yeah. you so how so how did but how did that happen? How'd you get caught? Because stupid me thought I'd be safe getting out of the elevator on my floor. And then I think we didn't want to like we weren't ready to say goodbye. Right. And then we were like having a conversation by the elevator or something. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth. Right. And then well, we were in the staircase first, maybe, and then we like the level below, mm-hmm. and then we decided to come to my floor. Right. He didn't. We he didn't want to like right. the ending was hard. Right. And then I heard the door to my house open up, mm. and I freaked. That's a problem. And I ran into the trash room, <laughs> and I don't know where he went. And my mother was throwing out trash, and she was so surprised to see me in there. And I just got busted. So. Wow. Wow. So mom busted you. Mom busted me, and she acted like she could have not busted me. 
Right. She knew what it was going to mean. Right. What was going to happen. Right. But, yeah, she didn't know how to play it off like she didn't see me. Right. And then my father, who's like... Who was like into everything? Like right. you couldn't even like breathe the wrong way. The man right. knew that you were breathing the wrong way. Right. Why are you breathing like that? And he was like, "What's going on?" And my mother said whatever, and then yeah, busted, grounded from prom. Two years ahead of time. Wow. He couldn't find another. He couldn't find another way to ground me. It was so stupid. I was so upset. So upsetting. Mm, all for a little hickey. All for... Because <laughs> <laughs> the hickey wasn't worth it, huh? <laughs> that, might have been, that, might, that better have been a good hickey. <laughs> say it, cause he was cute. Well, no. I think at that time... I thought he was really cute, mm-hmm. really cute, like really, really fine, cute, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, was he light skinned? Yes. You know, I'm just gotta ask for the, you know the caramel. Skin, no, you don't. No, you don't. But you're going to. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Went out in '82. I'm just saying. Well, anyway, so... And I'll be sure you just messed it up for everybody. I'm just saying. Go ahead. His name was Monet. His, <laughs> his name was Monet? Yeah, wow. that was his real name. I his loved name. it. You were like, Monet, how you doing, Monet? No, how'd you I wasn't. Say, how'd you say his name? I wasn't. How'd you no, say his I'm name? not telling you. No, how'd you say his no, name? No, I'm not you know telling you. No, Why not? I don't remember anything. Monet, hi, this is Roxanne. That's why I'm not telling you. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We can move on. <laughs> Monet. <laughs> we totally got off topic, but yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Wow, Monet, Monet on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Monet in the steps. So, so that's crazy. So that's how. That's so you got in trouble. So you told moms and whatever. Did you tell anybody else besides moms? And my friends. Yeah, well, we your friends. Yeah, we knew your friends knew and, and mom. Who else? No. I didn't tell anybody else. Who else? I didn't. Oh, you didn't tell anybody? So it's just your mom? Who else would I have told? I there was know, nobody else aunt, to tell. Somebody, you know, someone else in the family. No. Well, no, not at that time I didn't. Okay. No, just my mom. So there was right. nobody else to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was only me, my moms, my dad, and my sister. Right. And my sister was like three. Right. Right. So, no, I didn't have anybody to tell. Mm. To be honest. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a different, that's different from, that's definitely different from, um, from my situation. Because I didn't tell anybody. No one? Nobody. Nobody. Not even not even your best friend in high school? Big shout out to DF. I don't think I went I don't think I went into it, to be honest. I don't think I went into it at all. Hmm. 
And if I did, it's very surface. It's possible though. It's possible because we did we did talk about you know talk about some trauma for sure. Um, but there was stuff going on you know going on with my parents at that time and and things like that. It was a huge scandal that was happening, and so and I had like I figured it out. I was like you know being a detective and trying to figure out what was going on with my parents and what happened. Um, so that was a big. That was kind of a big. That was the big. That was a big thing at that point. Mm. Um, but no, I didn't tell. I didn't tell anybody like that. There was no one that I was like, "Hey, this is what happened. Here's what's going. Here's what went on. Blah blah blah." And the same thing, like eleven. Eleven. Really? Yeah, yo, eleven. What is 11. it about that age? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But hmm. eleven, you know, and you know, and I think about it, you know, might have been nine to eleven. When I think about it. Nine. Nine. To eleven two years? I think, yeah. I can't you know how it gets all foggy. Yeah, it gets, it gets real foggy. foggy. Yeah, it gets really foggy. I used to have dreams and I'd be like, Did that happen? Right. Like exactly. I have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. So so think about it. I didn't speak on it at pretty much at all. Until you were an adult? Until I was an adult. Until I told you. Until I told you when That's... I first met you. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell any of the 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 um the the females I dated. I don't believe. I didn't tell anybody. Wow. That's deep. You held that for a long time. Yeah. It was killing me too. Yeah. Yeah, it was killing me. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, you know, it's crazy, you know, both my parents both my parents have passed and, and So stuff they like never that. knew. No. Mm-mm. What do you think they would have said if you had gotten the moment to tell them? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, my mom had my mom had been, you know, abused herself and and stuff like that. Um, and I don't think maybe did I tell her? I can't remember. Maybe I did tell her. Maybe I did tell. When to would you have told her? Um, when, when when would you well, have I, had well, the moment to well, tell I was, her? Well, I was abused by a, a female and a male, so yeah. I definitely I think I might have told her about the the female situation. You don't remember? Because she told because the thing about also too is that mom, you know, she told me about you know that something had happened to her and and things like that and whatever. She so. told you that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. Hmm. But you've been living, listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith Maskell. And Roxanne Maskell. And we've been talking about today about how we disclosed and when we disclosed. And to whom. And to whom. Um, and this, is, this has been really great. This has been really great, Roxanne. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, even though we've been together for so long, of course, as, as we reach back, we start to learn even new new things that we've talked about before but of course every time you talk about them something, something different new, something different comes you know what i mean and, and another layer gets pulled back so um we're going to continue this next time and so thank you guys for listening to living a triggered like podcast with keith maskell and Roxanne maskell and remember i'm no longer surviving i'm thriving